Attention, all troops. She's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rockerless. Many years ago, I went to a McDonald's that had a Mac tonight animatronic and like most people who got to see this animatronic i was quite smitten with it unfortunately i didn't have a video camera or even a regular camera with me to capture the event i think a lot about that nowadays all of the things from the past the pop cultural things that i love that i witnessed firsthand and didn't get to capture for prosperity and i often wonder does not capturing them make them more special? Is it them living in my imagination that makes me more fond for them rather than something I can relive? I tend to lean that way, mostly because at some point I did get a video camera and did start carrying around a regular camera with me before phones became really popular. And I will sometimes check out those videos. I will sometimes check out those photos, but not often. Instead, most of memory, the things that I remember well, are things that just sort of kick around in my mind. And if I need to reference something more detail-oriented, I will sometimes try to pull out the proof that I was there and saw it. But it seems less important. And as I accumulate more videos and photos over time, I wonder, who's this for? Who's going to look at this stuff? if not me. And I think the question a lot of people ask is, when I am videotaping or taking photos, am I actually enjoying the very thing that I'm supposed to be enjoying? So sometimes when I think back to these great things in my life and say, oh, I wish I had a camera at that moment, I try to correct myself because I had no choice but to be there, to be in the moment, to see the thing firsthand. The photos and videos, they're not as important as the experience. And it's the experience that locks it down in your mind as special. On today's show, I'd like to talk to you about something I find pretty special. An advertising character from the 80s who was a star for less than a decade but is very well remembered even today, Mac Tonight. We'll talk about the people behind Mac Tonight's success, why McDonald's would use a Mac Tonight character, the rise and fall of Mactonite, the controversy that the internet gave us about Mactonite, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show.
Mac tonight was McDonald's spokesman for just a few short years, but he was a runaway success and very well remembered today. What was the purpose of Mac tonight? Well, its franchise model made McDonald's a powerhouse, but if you're going to stay on top of something as competitive as fast food, you have to keep innovating. McDonald's had started as a quick meal on the go, and that quick meal on the go tended to be eaten at lunch. But lunch soon became saturated and competitive when other companies jumped into the fast food world, and so they started to look at other meals. First, they conquered breakfast, which I've talked about in another show, and that success with breakfast as a fast food meal helped to keep McDonald's on top of the fast food world for decades. So having conquered lunch and breakfast in 1986, a smaller group of McDonald's franchisees decided to take on dinner, and while doing so created a new memorable advertising character, Mac Tonight. He was a moon-sized success, and during his short lifespan, the ads had a higher recognition rate in consumer surveys than New Coke had when it was doing its massive advertising campaign. And that's not a comment on the success of New Coke, just on the success of people knowing about it. Mac Tonight beat that with a much smaller budget. So while Ronald and his pals have done a great job of representing McDonald's for pure impact in just a few short years, Mac Tonight outdid them all. So let's take a look at where this all started. The campaign and its spokesman would eventually go worldwide, but it started with a local advertising campaign centered around Southern California, and that would branch out into other areas pretty quickly. There, a group of franchisees, seeing they had a stronghold on both breakfast and lunch, wanted to encourage customers to visit their restaurants after 4 p.m. So they hired an advertising firm, kind of what you got to do. And the company they hired was Davis Johnson Mogul and Columbato, DJMC, which is now Davis Ellen. The campaign they would come up with and its explosive growth would be a really big deal for DGMC because up till that point, they were focused mostly on regional advertising, but this would really improve their reputation. So the idea for Mac started with the song Mac the Knife, which was written by Kurt Weil and Bertolt Brecht for the Three Penny Opera, which is something from a very long time ago. But it would become a big hit for Bobby Darren in 1959. Remember that because it will come back later to impact Mac tonight. So the creatives at the firm, especially the company president, Brad A. Ball, and the creative director, Peter Katrulis, were very sure that that song was the perfect core of an idea that just needed to be fleshed out. It was catchy and well-remembered by baby boomers who were just in the 80s really coming into their own. So they listened to different versions of it, trying to come up with replacement lyrics that would work with this. During this creative phase, they would try to conceive of what this new character would look like. Would it be a famous musician, a stylish but perhaps more generic piano player, or maybe something a bit more special? According to Brad A. Ball, the president at the time, We explored using real people, but that didn't give enough memorability to it. And we tried celebrities. In the end, we decided to keep it a little whimsical and fantasy-like. According to Catrullus, the idea flowed directly from the song. Connecting words like McDonald's, Mac the Knife, and Night would lead ultimately to Mac Tonight. 
From there, he said, the idea just led into this final creation. Ultimately, they settled on a very unexpected creation, a moon-faced crooner. And when I say moon-faced, I mean the head is an actual crescent moon, seated behind a dazzlingly waxed piano, who would sing the praises of eating at McDonald's after dark. His name? Mac Tonight. And if you were seated at your TV in 1986, you might have heard this. When the clock strikes half past six, babe, time to head for golden light. It's a good time for a great taste dinner at McDonald's. It's Mac tonight. Come on, make it Mac tonight. The timing on this campaign was just what McDonald's needed at the time. Something different. In 86, the fast food wars were getting heated, and growth at the Golden Arches had slowed to a trickle. That year, franchise-based fast food had grown at what appeared to be a respectable 9.2%, but about 6% of that increase was through the addition of new restaurants. So growth at many established restaurants had actually started to decline. This stagnation and decline was mainly attributed to a maturing market and increased competition from new fast food chains. Dinners, or meals after 4 p.m., seemed like the perfect solution. It could potentially add profit to existing stores without cannibalizing existing meals or product offerings. This is something they had done with breakfast. Sure, you could introduce a new sandwich and make money, but generally when you introduced a new sandwich, it would sell at the cost of something else being sold. Whereas when you introduce a brand new meal, you're reaching a whole new audience. It's all new money. So with a budget of a half million dollars, they would produce four commercials. Each one had Mac front and center, playing his piano, and singing a catchy new jingle set to the tune of Mac the Knife. Now you might have heard the commercial earlier, but if you weren't paying attention, here are the initial lyrics. When the clock strikes, half past six, babe, time to head for golden lights. It's a good time for a great taste. Dinner at McDonald's. It's Mac tonight. Come on, make it Mac tonight. Now, I know you're disappointed I didn't sing that, but you had to hear it clearly, and, and I didn't want you to be distracted by my beautiful singing voice. The spots would air in Southern California, parts of the U.S. Southwest in Oregon. When the Mac tonight advertising began, sales shot through the roof. McDonald's at the time not only considered it a great campaign, but it was so effective that executives thought it was one of their best advertising campaigns ever. Franchisee at the time, Dennis Anderson, said, If the reaction in other places is like it was here, I think he'll become a permanent part of McDonald's. Consumers were intrigued by the ads and were calling the company, wanting more information about this mysterious new character. According to Russ Klutke, who was an account executive working with McDonald's at the time. He appeals to the kids who are old enough to be too cool to like Ronald, but he attracts adults too. Some locations even began using Mac Tonight as the representative at special events. I found all sorts of ads online for Mac Tonight showing up at openings. One of my favorites was a Mac Tonight blast back to the 50s party, and it so encapsulates what Mac Tonight is supposed to be about. It sounds like a great night of wholesome fun, aimed squarely at baby boomers who had grown up in the late 50s. At 7 p.m., Mac Tonight would show up. At 
Pictures with Mac, so bring your camera. At 8 p.m., a Mac Tonight singing impersonation contest. At 8.30, a hula hoop contest. And then finally at 9 p.m., bubblegum blowing contest. And what's fun is they would be serving root beer shakes that night. So fun was had by all. The ads and commercials were so popular that TV stations were hyping Mac Tonight commercials as if they were TV shows. You would see ads on TV saying, listen and watch this channel tonight because Mac Tonight's going to be on. My favorite was one that was showing Mac Tonight commercials during moonlighting. So really good synergy there. Very quickly, Mac Tonight went nationwide and eventually international. This meant that the character would need to be transferred from the local advertising agency to Leo Burnett, which represented McDonald's on a national level, and they did that in 1988. Eventually, they would make more than 25 commercials featuring Mac, and he would make live appearances, see his image added to a lot of merchandise, and even get his own Happy Meal and toys. What are kids of all sizes saying about McDonald's new Mac Night travel toys? Mac tonight travel toys and all. Dad can get one for himself. Inside every Happy Meal at McDonald's. So something people like to talk about at the time was this very successful other character who I did a show about, Max Headroom, and the connection between the two. People would compare Max to Mac quite often in newspaper articles. I think the comparisons were loosely justified. They had similar visual traits that would make it easy to make some connections, plus the name is fairly similar, Max and Mac. I have not been able to find anyone at McDonald's or their ad agencies who would credit Max directly, but that makes sense. I guess in the end, they were both mascots for huge food companies. They had similar first names, they wore sunglasses, and were, for many people, inexplicably very popular. So, you could draw your own conclusions. While no official connection has been made between the two characters, I did find an interesting McDonald's opening event where both Mac and Max were both featured in some form. So if you'd gone to this brand new location, you could have met Mac in person and saw the infamous Max Headroom van, which had screens featuring Max Headroom on it. So maybe if you had brought your camera, because you need to tote that camera around, you could have gotten a photo with both of them at the same time. If you did, please email me because I would love to see that. Just to go off on a bit of a tangent, because you're probably going, what is the Max Headroom van? I haven't been able to find photos of this storied promotional vehicle, but for over a year, it rolled across America promoting Coca-Cola via Max Headroom. The van, which is often referred to as the Max Headroom video van, was a themed van with television sets where Max Headroom could do his Max Headroom thing. And when Max wasn't talking, the TVs would show music videos. So after being entertained by the van, lucky fans could pick up free merchandise that they would give away that had Max or Coke on it. Not only would Max do restaurant events where they served Coca-Cola, but like Mac Tonight would also show up at events like county and state fairs. So people would actually go 
to a state fair or county fair to see the Max Headroom Van and to see Mac Tonight perform on stage. They were draws for many people. So while Max and Mac had some crossover, sadly, there wasn't any official crossover between Ronald and Mac. Despite what I write in my fan fiction, there never was a crossover with any character from McDonald Land. So no Ronald and Mac teaming up to foil the Hamburglar. The initial reasoning behind this is sound. Mac is supposed to represent more of an adult dinner version of McDonald's, whereas the characters of McDonald Land are for the kids. But once they released the Mac Tonight Happy Meal, that changed everything. And for me, it should have opened the door for Mac to meet Ronald. Sadly, because of timing and the ending of the ad campaign, this was never explored. And I haven't found an official statement from McDonald's about this, but as a fan of Mac, I still want to believe it could happen someday. While nationally, these characters never appeared together in advertising, that doesn't mean they didn't cross paths. When restaurants had special events, they had a lot of leeway to which characters they could use. So many restaurants, openings, reopenings, refurbishments, would have Mac Tonight be partnered with a McDonald Land character, and I found one in particular where Mac and the Hamburglar were paired together at a renovated restaurant in Florida. I would have loved to have seen that. That's back when they were doing the Berenstain Bears Happy Meals. So while people in masks would show up and be Mac Tonight at restaurants, in the commercials, the voice and body of Mac Tonight were two people. The voice of Mac Tonight was provided by Roger Bear. Bear, who passed away in 2018, was a very talented actor, probably for fans of this show. He would be remembered as the voice of two Transformers, Runabout and Runamuck. He also has a memorable appearance in the film Defending Your Life. There he plays a mediocre comedian trying to entertain people in the afterlife. And the real treat is before the scene ends in the film, he actually sings. So kind of Max and Knight singing in that film. The person behind the moon mask would go on to have a very impressive career. And that is the very talented actor Doug Jones, who you might know from Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth, The Shape of Water, Hocus Pocus, Star Trek Discovery. He would play Mac in 27 commercials, and he credits the role with his career taking off. In a 2013 interview, Jones said, I was their crescent moon-headed Mac Tonight character for 27 commercials over a three-year period. That's when my career took a turn that I was not expecting. I didn't know that was a career option, so the referrals came from there. I went to a comic convention where Jones was over 15 years ago, and he had a real long line waiting to meet him as compared to other people, and he was still sort of taking off at that point. Well known, but this is still a while ago. The thing I was struck with while watching him from a distance was how much time he spent with each person. He seemed really into the fans and really seemed to appreciate the fandom around the roles he was doing. So seems like a pretty nice guy and very talented. That's why he's in everything. 27 commercials seems like a lot, but with the success the company was having with the character, what happened to Mac tonight? Why aren't we seeing his advertising nowadays? Mac's reign as king of evening fast food came to an abrupt end in the U.S. in the spring of 1990. A contributing factor to that was that in late 1989, the estate of the late Bobby Darren, a guy I mentioned earlier, filed a lawsuit against the Golden Arches and the advertising agency who created him. They claimed that Mac was too close 
to Darren's style and were seeking $10 million in damages. While they would eventually drop this suit, this really put a damper on the use of the character as McDonald's moved into the 90s, and sadly, McDonald's moved into the 90s without him. It probably also helped that McDonald's profits were restored, and they'd already established a habit of people eating food, and they wanted to try a new cycle of advertising. But that wasn't the end of Mac Tonight. In 1996 and 1997, Mac would get a brief resurgence, with Jones returning for the role for two more commercials. There were two other commercials filmed without Jones. I can't find the name of the person who was playing Mac in those commercials, and that's because Jones was overseas filming another project. The tone of the commercials from this era are a little different and have a bit more of a retro rock and roll vibe. Still, it's the Mac we know and love. You can get a quarter pounder with cheese or a sausage biscuit with egg for just 99 cents each. And it's as easy as zipping in and zipping out. I can almost taste it. As you might guess, Mac's return, just a few years after a quick departure, coincided with a financial need by McDonald's. In 96, McDonald's was slipping in their competition with Burger King and Wendy's. People perceived Burger King as the better value, and Burger King had a big push on their value menu. And people have always thought of Wendy's, whenever I read about it, as a more upscale place to go eat. And so, from both sides of things, McDonald's is getting hit. That summer, sales at McDonald's U.S. restaurants had dropped 2%, while at the same time, sales had gone up at both of their competitors, with Wendy's clocking a huge 9% increase. Some blamed the competition, and it seems like by those numbers, that's something. But there was also a lot of growth of the chain domestically, with overlap in locations of McDonald's, and they're basically cannibalizing off each other. So, with pressure from within and without, the company wisely decided to trot out Mac tonight again. This resurgence also gave Mac an opportunity to get involved in auto racing, in 96 and 97, he was featured on a NASCAR driven by Hall of Famer Bill Elliott. At this point, Max and I was also being shown in other countries. He was internationally known. And as they wrapped up that ad campaign, he was still remembered by people. And then comes something really weird and very internet-y. In a weird twist, online hate groups started using the character to spread messages online. Not the real character, but versions of the character dubbed with terrible things, and I'm not sure how it started or evolved. There are people who've written on it online. But because it's the internet, it tarnished Mac Tonight, sadly. Just a few bad apples, and I think that this factor, above all else, has really hurt Mac Tonight's chances of making a well-deserved comeback in the U.S. Now, many people have memories of seeing Mac perform live in their local McDonald's, I'm one of them. While many live performances featuring actors in costumes did occur, what people are mostly referring to are Mac Tonight animatronics. These are basically robots singing and performing like they did at Chuck E. Cheese or at any of the Disney parks. They're robots. 
They were built by a Michigan company called Manatron, and these singing musical robots graced several restaurants where they could perform all day without getting tired, and they even had some additional animatronics added. My favorite is the addition of the rockin' chickens to the performance. I don't know who came up with the rockin' chickens, but it's pretty brilliant. While Maxonite would pretty much disappear from U.S. advertising in the late 90s, he was well-remembered by people who saw him on TV. He would also linger in restaurant decor for a whole new generation to discover, as you would sometimes see this moon-faced guy on the wall and wonder, who is that? And now you have the internet so you could look it up. I did mention that Mac Tonight had gone international. In 1988, at the height of his popularity, Mac Tonight advertising started to show up outside of the United States. And so while his star might have faded completely in America, he would continue to appear in advertising well into the new millennium in places like Singapore. All day and all night, step out for a bite. Treats the delight 24 hours a day. Come down to Mac tonight. Hey! Chill out, Singapore McDonald's is 24 hours. Come down to Mac tonight. 24 hours around the clock. Come on down to Mac tonight. These things, combined with his presence on the internet in the form of his original ads and commercials, Fan sites and communities have kept Mac alive. Will McDonald's ever use Mac tonight again? Are they nervous about his random association with some bad players on the internet? It's hard to know. But if fans keep pushing and believing, it can happen. Mac tonight needs to come back. And the only way to do that is to take him out of retirement and put him front and center, singing about what he loves most, something we all love, eating at McDonald's. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at retroist.com. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you like what you hear, you should follow Peachy on Twitch and Twitter. He's at PeachyPixel8. That's the word Peachy, the word Pixel, and the number 8. Thanks to everybody who's been supporting the show. There are two ways you could support the show. One, give the show a five-star review wherever you download it. The other is through Patreon. You can stop by patreon.com retroist. Supporters will get access to the Retroist Discord, bonus episodes, bonus tracks and scans. It's been a lot of fun having people support the show, and I hope you check it out. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.